everyone. Welcome to the Forward Thinking Podcast. It's Chrissy here from CS2. I'm in place of Xander this week. He is out on PTO, uh, but he'll be back as the taking over as host for me uh, next week. So, um, but yeah, today I have Charlie on and we're going to be talking through, this will be a quick podcast, but I think a really important topic and uh, maybe a little bit controversial, but we're going to be talking about why pipeline source is wrong, but it can be useful. Um, so Charlie, for quickly, for those who don't know what pipeline source is, can you just um, briefly describe that for everyone? Yeah, I think the TLDR is, is trying to assign a single touch point to an opportunity. So it's not a multi-touch model. It's, you know, customer did this and it led to opportunity. Um, Sometimes used like the opportunity source or the tipping point. There's lots of different ways to kind of calculate it or assign it. But really the, the, the main thing is that there's just one engagement, one touch point, one source. And that is what your kind of, I'm going to use the word credit giving credit to the opportunity, <laughs> but that's that we're even going to get into the credit in a bit. Perfect. Okay. Yes. Credit is the reason why this is, uh, controversial, but yeah. it's coming up a lot right now. We don't have like a massive customer base, but we've noticed over the past like few months, we've had some requests from clients who are really trying to figure out how do we assign a, source to our opportunities um or basically to pipeline um and so we wanted to talk through that because we've talked about this on the podcast before but models i think we've we charlie's used this quote a lot but from george ep box um and uh, allison has as well but you know, all models are wrong, but some are useful, which is why we came up with the title of the podcast. And this is definitely one of those cases where it's very clear why it can be wrong. But mm-hmm. we're, we are saying, like, if you do want a way to do this, we will suggest a way to do this and it can be useful, but it's not going to be like that silver bullet. So, Charlie, why for just to kind of lay it out, what are all the reasons of why assigning a pipeline source to your opportunities can be wrong? Yeah, and maybe taking a little bit of a step back before moving forward on on your point from um, George Box, that all models are wrong or some are useful. And a, a data model or a model is all around simplifying reality, right? So mm-hmm. you're simplifying yeah. reality because reality is very complicated. You're trying to get a simplification of it to aid decision-making. <clears throat> Excuse me. So in this case, we're trying to simplify reality. Reality is essentially all of the things that our prospects are doing, mm-hmm. engaging with us, both trackable and not trackable, that is leading to them deciding they want to have a sales conversation and then potentially buy the product and then, then do buy the product. <clears throat> So we're simplifying that reality to a single thing that, that one of the people of that account did. So why is it wrong? They did way more things than one thing. <laughs> and <laughs> <clears throat> excuse me. And it's rather arbitrary 
how we're going to choose which one of the things that they did is uh-huh. going to be tied to that opportunity. So when you think about it, you know, there's, you know, like say for a typical buying cycle, there's five people involved in the buying team. They've each engaged with your company and brand maybe 50 times each over the last couple of years. They buy the product and you're saying that the one thing that they did, this is what, when, and, and it depends actually how you, how you look about this, but you're tying one of those things to the opportunity. So you're saying, okay, maybe they came through the demo form and they came through that demo form because they clicked an ad. And that's the thing that is tied to the opportunity for the life of that opportunity that you look back on and you use that. So mm-hmm. the, 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 the reason why it is wrong is because it, it is more complicated than that. But the right. reason why it's useful is because you're simplifying reality to help in decision-making. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to have your data model 100% in alignment with reality to, to have, make it useful in decision-making. If anything, simplifying things is maybe better to help with decision-making. And we can talk about how to do it right in a bit. But ultimately, like the, the main reason why it's wrong is because it is the simplification of reality, but that is just what a data model is. Mm-hmm. So it's not even a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think... It- any models too, where you're trying to get something totally accurate based on like what humans are doing is like always kind of set up for failure just because we're just so Mm -hmm. unique and these living and breathing things. I would even say like, you know, other animals like uh, besides humans can probably be better. You know, there's more consistency there as far as like what they do, what you expect, but you still see anomalies, but humans we are, you know, special snowflakes, like we've been told, and we do, we do things different. Uh, you see this as a parent too, with like a child, you can't just like, oh, assume oh, if I do this, this is what's going to happen. You know, you're, you're dealing with this, you know, living, breathing thing. And, and that, that's usually the case here. We're talking about prospects and what they're doing and, how they're making decisions and including multiple people as well. And there's timing around things. So, to your point, that's very complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, we can't, there might be other things that we measure that are a little less complicated, but when it comes to the buyer's journey, it's very complicated. So I think picking a model to try and simplify that to make a decision is likely better than having no data to make decisions. Um, but you just have to know that there are, it's a decision-making criteria and not so much uh or shouldn't be used for the wrong things so yeah and that actually leads to the next wrong thing (laughs) which is the credit game right um the difficulty is with with anything where you are you are making it mutually exclusive where you know Mm -hmm. you you give you say this opportunity is related to this touch point. And I'm trying not to use the word like credit and stuff, but you know, you're saying this opportunity and this touch point are related somehow. And only those, it's only that touch point that is related. So it's, they did the demo and that was it. Um, It's inherently going to bring about in, in an organization, especially now where that, where people are trying to fight for their jobs and stuff. It's going to inherently bring about mm-hmm. some kind of conflict and credit game because 
you're always you have to choose right you have to say like what was the thing that i'm going to attach to this opportunity or this pipeline and because there's so many things there's sales that's been doing some stuff marketing's been doing some stuff it could be different depending on the different people at that account that you've been you might be outbounding yeah. one person but then another person might come inbound all of these things and you're having to choose based on the type of um pipeline source model that you've chosen whether it, then there's we can go into the one that we prefer there's really just like first touch tipping point or last touch um then depending on that it's going to probably bias maybe one or 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 a, a type of um touch point or engagement or team or channel based on the model that you choose so there's always going to be this debate right like mm. okay Sales has maybe been outbounding this account, this ABM account for a year, talking to yeah. everyone there, researching the account, getting all the different buyers together and you're doing a really good job, but actually kind of getting this account ready to make a, make really start having a serious conversation. But then maybe someone comes in from that account, fills out the demo form because they saw a LinkedIn ad. And then the next day the opportunity was created. Now that is now the thing that's associated to it you know you could see why you know in a game in a, in a company that has a culture where they are looking at that and they're kind of trying to prove the success of the the channels and the teams mm -hmm. that sales could be a bit upset by that and say like actually no that opportunity was a i i did all the work to get that opportunity there so we can talk about why how you can maybe get out of that culture but it is kind of human nature that you're going to gravitate towards that. And it's very, it's very tough. Like it, you have to really fight against that to, mm -hmm. to not have that culture, but that's where it goes wrong big time. Once you get into that credit game, because I can't tell you how many calls I've sat on for over the years, like literally for the last decade on like, okay, who should get credit for this? Oh, let's look okay. at this one opportunity, but sales did this and Martin did it like, and it just, it's a, it's a waste of time and, and it, and it just creates conflict. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, <clears throat> it reminds me too of like, uh, one of our past podcasts with, um, Mary blanks that clearly and talking about how revenue is a team sport. And I think that, um, well, right now, right now FIFA world cup's going on. So I'm thinking about soccer, but like <laughs> there it's football. very e football, sorry, football. Uh, <laughs> um, it's very clear like sometimes you know who should get credit for the win because it's the people that score the goals but it's like well is it you know what about like great defense or what about the person that got the really you know brought the ball downfield and gave them this like amazing pass to like shoot the goal and stuff like that and it doesn't mean you know it doesn't mean that you discredit any other parts of the team besides the people that are scoring the goals, it really is all of those things together that help secure the win. And yeah, in some that's, cases, a good, that's a good analogy, actually. I've got, a, I've got, I'll build on that analogy when we talk about how to do it right. I like that. Uh, so yeah, so th that's kind of like what I think about. And um, but the, but the, I think the problem is revenue teams are trying to still try and figure out okay who scored that goal because their incentive models. And in some ways yeah. I do think incentive models are, are broken as well, but uh, that's another podcast for another well, day. Another thing <laughs> about going wrong. If you're using this data to actually pay people differently, that's where yeah. credit 
issues come about, right? Right. So this is the when we can talk about how to do it right, but um, when you're in the culture of proving and you're improving the different team success, and then you're using that to pay people differently because maybe sales has a goal where the pipeline mm-hmm. created by outbound is paid more than the pipeline or revenue that was sourced by marketing. That's where you have issues because it's actually that's affecting where, uh-huh. people's paychecks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll feel the pain there. Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> let's so talk about right? how to. Yeah, let's talk about how to do it right. Let's do it. Well, we talked about it. So, first off, there has to be a it's a cultural thing, right? And I guess mm-hmm. we just building on what we just said there. You know, having a, a different actual monetary incentive for people based off pipeline source is going to mm-hmm. definitely lead to infighting and people trying to get credit like if you're literally going to be able to buy more christmas presents for your kids if you get <laughs> you know the credit you're going to fight for that aren't you so uh and mm-hmm. then that's a that's a slippery slope so the culture has to be set and culture is set by incentives it's set by leadership you know mm-hmm. having a really strong marketing and sales leader revenue team which is line from the top on okay we're not going to use this to like choose who to promote who to fire who what this is a team sport we're going to use this data just to improve what we're doing and really just try and understand how we can pull different levers on our on, on our business but we're not going to really fight over this that has to be the culture still doesn't mean that there's going to be no credit war but you've got to tr- that's it's got to be set from the top from a cultural standpoint yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah I totally agree with that um I think speaking from my own experience I have kind of used this data before but one of the ways that it was right is I used it with other models so um mm-hmm. and other sets of data uh, and we didn't use it for credit but um in in this case you know from a top level, we needed some way to get all of the revenue team like to look at pipeline and see, okay, what, where's our pipeline coming from? And also like, where's that pipeline coming from per region? And we just had to draw a line in the sand to have a useful conversation. That was, that helped. But then what we did is then we dove deeper. So if we found, okay, it looks like a majority of our pipeline in, say, um, the APAC region was being driven by partners. Okay, we see that. Let's maybe do more of that. Okay, well, let's see what type of, are there any partner campaigns or something like that? Or there a type of partner that's driving more of that? And then also, is there just maybe not enough marketing programs that we've stood up in, in that region to where it doesn't get credit? Um, do we need to do more of that field marketing? Let's maybe prioritize APAC so we can try and boost that a bit more instead of just relying on on partners. So that's useful, right? Like that's conversations. It's actionable. People can have takeaways and then you can dive deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, but what the, the issue is like when you only use this data and you're like, Partners are driving 60% of our pipeline and in APAC and marketing is only driving 10%. Well, without that narrative, without without that conversation, without looking at that, marketing just looks shit. But it's like, it, it, well, hey, we don't even have a marketer in that region or <laughs> we haven't invested there, you know? So it, it, it's just, 
it's more useful to just get the conversations going. And that's why it being directionally kind of right or simple, simplifying first to start will just um, make it so that you can start those conversations easier and quicker instead of like those conversations just turning into a, well, I think we deserve the credit for this or, right. um, you know, turning into a fighting match. Totally. Yeah. Like you look at the data instead of saying, okay, actually, I think it, marketing should be more, this should be more, whatever, go, okay, that's the data. Now let's talk about kind of the narrative and the story around why that is the case and then how can we improve? Again, coming back to what we talk about all the time, using the data to improve and not prove. Right. Um, and I think the other thing with that, so I really like that example that you gave where you're like, you're digging into it, you're going down like multiple layers. Um, mm -hmm. The other thing that you can do so you've got the multiple layers within that model. There's mm -hmm. going to be other models. Like you, this isn't the only thing you're going to be reporting on. So you need to look at it within the total context of everything else that you're reporting on. Maybe you do have a multi-touch model. Maybe yeah. you do have self-reported attribution where people are telling you um, where they heard about you or what was the most impactful thing during the buying process. Maybe you do have sell, a sales process where at some point sales is asking kind of, some some more of like the research-based questions around like how did you hear about us like i said on the self-report attribution but also just asking them more like qualitative feedback on like the marketing that they liked and did, didn't like and maybe you've got a way of feeding that back maybe you've got your web data like all this other data out there that is going to be part of this bigger picture that you're then using to drive that narrative and understand how to improve the business so you've got this it this can't once you have kind of a reliance on multiple way multiple models which all have their own biases they all have their own issues they all have their own positives they all have their own kind of ways that you can interpret them mm -hmm. then you've got a an ability to really improve your business and not be focused on this binary or like if, if a completely mutually exclusive like single touch point model which is driving everything that's where you're going to have some cultural issues um yeah. And then I would say, I want to get back to the football slash soccer. I just can't call it soccer. Uh, <laughs> but So everyone understands what I'm talking about. Analogy. So like in that, right? Yeah, the striker who's scoring the goal gets kind of the credit um, for scoring that goal at the end. So mm -hmm. if you think about um, for this single touch pipeline source data model, there's kind of three different ways you can do it. There's like first touch, there's tipping point, and I'll, I'll explain what that is in a minute, and there's last touch. Last touch would be more like, okay, who kicked the ball into the net, right? Yeah. And so you can see that's flawed, right? Because there's all of these other things that happened prior to that. Uh, first touch would be who just kicked, who was the first person that kicked the ball on the pitch? I mean, or when the when the whistle started the game. That's yeah. flawed because that has nothing to do with who scored the goal, right? And this is why we prefer tipping point because tipping point, would be what started that attacking play, you know? What was that actually kind of that uh, the initial start of that attacking play? Like, okay, someone tackled someone else on the other team, broke down the wing, started the attacking play. And yes, there was maybe a load of more passes than someone scored as a goal, but that is, that's what initiated the actual process. So if tipping point for us, where we think about tipping point, essentially what triggered the beginning of the sales process, whether that was, you know, someone come filling out the demo form, maybe it was mm. sales going outbound, maybe it was an event, whatever what led to the sales process starting and something you could call that an MQL or sales ready 
stage, a PQL stage, sales outbound stage. Yeah. Um, that is what started that. And we like that for multiple reasons. But one of the one of the issues why we don't like last touch is because you don't want the people to or the ability to like things change right before the um their goal is scored, right? Or pipeline mm-hmm. is created. Because it just creates too much complication. So having that tipping point touch point be the one that you are going to associate with the opportunity is the one that we would prefer yeah and there's a lot of tools out there that will like start your funnel tracking you know like right get that like kind of sales ready source or mql source or whatnot um and so getting that tipping point is actually um you know pretty i would say more simple to do in some cases because you're already stamping logic at that time you're already starting a funnel like you're tracking the mqld and stuff so why not add that extra kind of step there um what about sales touches so like because that's pretty easy to do from an mql source perspective but i know one thing that and we'll have to talk about this quickly but when do you think it's appropriate to kind of track that as more of like a sales touch as a tipping point sales up for true outbound, where sales has done all, all the work to get that engagement and start the sales process and create an opportunity where there hasn't been any marketing touch points, or maybe sales has initiated the actual process, and maybe there has been some marketing touch points since then, but sales initiated it again. They initiated that play, yeah, um, and that would be sales outbound. And I think where where this then becomes useful, really useful, all this data is around revenue planning, right? You want to yeah. be able to... You know, everyone's a lot of people probably listening to this have done reverse waterfall where you're like, okay, we need to make this much money at the end. Like, what are our conversion rates all the way back down? And then you calculate how how much volume you need at each stage. Now that that's useful, but when you're thinking about um, your funnel, it's not it's not as simple as just like everything comes in at the top and it's just conversion rates all the way down. Different um, different you know tipping point sources will have different conversion rates through the funnel, right? Someone coming through a demo request is going to have a higher conversion rate than outbound, say. So you want to be able to look at it both from a tops down and a bottoms up approach where you can really see what are the conversion rates through these different tipping point moments or tipping point sources that lead to the pipeline. So then you can really calculate your model properly and have, have more sophisticated revenue planning. doesn't mean that it's 100% going to work like that every single time. But you're getting a little bit more granular so you can understand, okay, this is how much we need throughout these different pipeline sources. And this is what the different conversion rates are, as opposed to just using a, using a blended conversion rate across everything, which yeah. um, could probably lead you astray quite a bit. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, and we di- we uh, dive into that on our, uh, I believe our ROI, pretty sure, and our revenue planning both of them uh, podcasts so you can go back and listen to those but all right well we broke it down some of you might think we're wrong some of you might have thought that was useful <laughs> tell, us if you're, tell us if you're wrong <laughs> um but like but, we, we, i mean we started the podcast saying this is all wrong anyway so i mean right <laughs> but i do think it's quite useful so but if you have any opinions let us know Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Forward Thinking Podcast, and we'll see you next week. Have a good one. Thanks, Thanks, Charlie.